This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hey, friends. Hope you're doing well out there as fall really starts to come alive here. We had our first frost last week here at the farm, though just about everything pulled through. I even have some tomato plants still chugging along, which is kind of a surprise at this point in the year. And lots of autumn tasks are on the to-do list, including planting garlic here pretty soon, probably around Halloween if I get to it. My goal is though I always try to get that in the ground by the middle. Things here in the homestead are feeling really good. The sunroom is coming along and I think we're going to make it for my goal to have it completed before cold weather truly arrives here. So that will be exciting. And we're also working on some drainage issues up near the house especially a fenced-in area that we let the dogs out into. Last winter here was so rainy. I mean, it felt like four straight months of rain, and the ground back there just turned to mud, which was not so nice for the dogs to have to deal with, and also not nice to deal with cleaning up after them whenever they came back into the house. So hopefully getting a French drain or something else put in there to handle that situation. Still bringing in herbs from the farm and veggies from the garden. Fall greens are starting to look really good. And I've also had a really nice year for persimmons from the trees that grow along our property line. This is actually the best harvest of those that I've gotten in the time that we've been here. So that has been exciting as well as delicious. Now on to the rest of our episode. Today, I am so happy to bring you an interview about an aspect of herbalism that I think should be talked about more, and that's flower essences. My friend Nan Moak of Dandelion and Crow is going to share with us about what exactly a flower essence is and even talk us through how to make some ourselves. I think making flower essences is so accessible and a wonderful way to begin working with the plants. I hope y'all enjoy this conversation. Nan Moak is a witch and earth worker who harnesses the rhythms of the earth and moon to create plant medicines for whole body support, protection, and healing. She is a Scorpio sun, Pisces moon, and Cancer rising. She lives in suburban Mississippi, building relationship with the Choctaw land that is slowly receiving a reckoning from generations of white supremacy. She lives with her increasingly progressive husband and two kids that she is currently attempting to homeschool. She believes in the unseen, and the magic of the earth. Thank you so much for being here, Nan. It's so great to talk to you. It's so great to talk to you. Thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, I'm delighted to have you. So for our listeners, I met Nan a few years ago at an herbal conference where we were both doing like a pre-workshop, uh, pre-conference workshop on stone medicine led by Sarah Thomas. It was a really wonderful hands-on class where we got to do these really interesting stone meditations and both give and receive stone healings. And Nan was the person who I was partnered up with. And so it just turned into this wonderful friendship. And we found out, you know, we were both bioregional herbalists, you know, living in the South. We just really connected and hit it off. And so we've stayed in touch ever since. And so Nan, I know, you know, more of your story, obviously, but for our listeners, can you maybe start by telling us what first drew you to herbalism and the plant path? Um, yes. And I was so lucky to be paired with you that day. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I was very into going to the farmer's market and whole food and buying locally about seven to 10 years ago. I met the very first herbalist I've ever, I ever met. 
um, at the farmer's market. Her name is Lindsay. She had an apothecary called Sweet Gum Apothecary here in um, Mississippi. I used her products for years. And then about three years ago, she decided to up and leave and move to California. But before she moved, she was super kind and taught any of her um, clients that wanted to, to take a course over the, um, it was a few Sundays in the spring at a um, state park. And she taught us all the things. And my eyes were opened because I realized how easy it was and um, how I could really get into it. But the um, best thing or the most, I feel like the most important thing that she taught us was her approach to herbalism and how it was for everyone. And I just remember sitting in one of her classes and she's just sharing all of her recipes, all of her tricks of the trade. And, you know, we, we paid for the course, but I feel like she was just so free with her information. It just, I'm really glad she was my first experience with an herbalist because I feel like that approach, it's, I feel like herbalism is for everyone and it should be free. I mean, of course we should get paid for our time and the work we put into the product, but it is for everyone and it should be priced that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. called the people's medicine for a reason. Yeah. That's, you know, it's really wonderful that you met someone who was so willing to be so open, you know, yeah, this is, you know, a rising tide with all ships, right. And like, this is information and knowledge that we, we used to all have. And it's so great for us to be getting yeah. back to it. So one of the areas, you know, I love looking at everyone's herbal businesses and herbal offerings. And I know it's so easy to think that, oh, the market is quote unquote saturated and yeah. it's all been done. But then once you actually start looking at what people are doing, you know, most people, once they've been doing this a while, they really find an area that they want to focus on that really, you know, that it becomes like a niche, a niche market for them. And one of the things I've loved looking at your offerings is this emphasis you have on flower essences. And it's just so beautiful. So you know, for those, those who might be completely new to that and don't know what that is, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what is a flower essence? A flower essence, yes, is um, the vibration of the flower or the plant. It's the plant power. It's the plant's energetic power in dosing form. That's how I explain it. And it's um, like more of a higher concentration of the life force of the plant than maybe a tincture or plant extract is. And um, it works on the vibrational level rather than, well, that's how I explain it. It um, Flower essences work vibrationally and um, tinctures can usually help physically. Does that make sense? Is that a good explanation as to what I say? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. So yeah, how I normally try to explain it to folks is that we have different layers to ourselves. We could have mm. physical ailments or things going on, or we could be having emotional ailments, or we could be having Definitely. spiritual ailments. And so for you, flower essences, you think would be addressing like which levels of that? Definitely um, emotional, spiritual. Okay. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. It's all about intention, really, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. What pulled you, you know, towards that? Because this is such like a large part of your practice. Like what was so interesting to you about it? Well, really the plant relationship where I'm getting to know the plant and I feel like the plant is getting to know me. I wild harvest and make all kinds of things, but, you know, I was growing a bunch of stuff in my yard and to get to know 
each thing, I felt like a really easy and quick way to do that. A quick in that it didn't take a long time to make a flower essence. Um, I would do that. And that's how I've gradually gotten to know the majority of plants in my yard. <laughs> that's beautiful. And yeah, it is really interesting that you can, you don't have to work with a large amount of the plant material in order you yeah. know, to make an essence. And I've even seen some folks where they're not actually even harvesting Right. any of the plant, which if you're working with anything that's, you know, endangered or at risk, then that's really wonderful to be able to do yeah. that without, you know, impacting the plant itself. Right. Um, also poisonous plant medicine, you know, if you're want to use right. like Datura and you don't really trust yourself to use the actual flower, you can get close to it. Right. So yeah, some of these other plants out there that are either, you know, very low dose or only mm -hmm. for kind of more advanced herbalists to work with, or right. even ones that like no one should really be working with, you know, and adjusting right. because when you're using a flower essence, right, you're not actually putting, there's nothing of the plant or how do I say this? You're not actually putting physical material from that plant into your body, right? <laughs> That's the way I, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I know it's, it's like, well, yes, there's something of the plant in the essence. Yes. It's, it's hard to explain, but, but you can't see it. <laughs> right. You can't, you can't see it. It's not there. It's, it's not going to show up on, you know, a lab test or something. So, yeah. And okay. So one of the things for those who are maybe going to go look at flower essences for the first time, one of the things I've seen uh, when we talk about flower essences is sort of these three kind of like levels of how they can be bottled and offered to people. So I've seen you know, like a mother essence versus a stock bottle. And then even a smaller thing than that, something sometimes called like a dosage bottle. So I feel like this can be a little bit confusing. Could you maybe break that down for us and explain that to the best of your knowledge? To the best of my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> I was, how I was taught to make a flower essence is to create the mother, which is the main thing. And then use drops from the mother into your dosage bottle which is what I would sell or give to a friend or take for myself. I would not take the mother. I mean, only because that's what I was taught and then have since then read lots of books and that's what they tell you to do. I feel like the flowers themselves are really powerful and I think that's why it's done. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, and yeah, that's my understanding as well is that you have this like mother essence when you mm -hmm. first make your flower essence. And, and so we call that the mother essence that you start with sort of like, the yeah. mother that you have in like vinegars and things like that, um, where like, this is sort of like the energy that you've captured. And then, like you said, it's very powerful, very concentrated. Mm -hmm. And so then you're able to take that and sort of dilute that down gradually to a smaller bottle for people to actually work with. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. You explain things so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and that's another thing I really like about it then is because you know, again, you're working with a small amount of plant material to make that essence. And then either, even once you've made that initial mother essence, then you're able to work with that and dilute that down into like a stock bottle and or then down into like a dosage bottle as well. And it goes a long way. Like if you're making some for yourself, you can put it in a spray bottle and mist yourself with it, stick it in the bath, you know, and then take it by mouth. So, I mean... Right. A little goes a long way. I just think it's beautiful. And I love that the mother is called the mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. And, and that, yeah, it's some of the essences that I work with, you know, you're only taking 
five drops or 15 drops yeah. as you want to. It's just it's really beautiful. You know, I love I love this work that you do, you know, with flower essences. And then one of the other things that we have sort of bonded over in our friendship is our love of following lunar time more than like yes. the standard calendar and just really letting the moon cycles guide our medicine making. So I was wondering, you know, can you talk a little bit about how you do that in your own practice with letting the phases of the moon and also I know the astrological seasons kind of guide your essence making? Yes. Well, really like the moon phase is my day. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I don't really know how to explain it other than like, I really pay attention to it. I'm always looking to see where the moon is in the sky. I, when I make things, I always write down the sun and moon, um, astrological signs. And I, uh, I find that I often create things on the new moon. I mean, I make it at every phase, but I mean, that's, that's the big one. But um, I know you gave me this question in advance and I was like, oh, I don't know how to say any of this. <laughs> well, I know, I know when we were talking, you were sort of like, a lot of it's very intuitive for you. And I don't yes. think there's anything wrong with that, that you're encouraging people to develop these relationships with the plants and with the outside world and to be aware of the moon. And so, you know, there may not necessarily be a specific thing that you can say, like, this is why I do it this way. Yeah. Well, it's definitely intuition and energetics. Like this past full moon, was it the Libra full moon? Like I was feeling that big time. Like I wanted to be making stuff and I wanted to be in it. And then sometimes there's new and full moons. I don't want to do anything. And I think that's okay. I think we have to listen to our bodies and to our, just our whole rhythm and just roll with it. Definitely. No, I (laughs) agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, and there are times for action and there are times for rest. And so I think you really have to listen to that. And I always encourage, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but I always encourage people to track if they're dealing with any sort of health issue or energy issue to sort of look at like how they feel across like several lunar cycles. And you can often find that you have your own specific rhythm that works for you. Yes, yes. And, um, and what I mean, for me, what astrological sign works well, with what I'm made up with. (laughs) And uh, and, um, and I can tell you what they are. I mean, because I have tracked it. And I can tell that um, Gemini season and Libra season and Taurus season are my, my creating jams. Mm -hmm. That's where I get a lot of stuff out. And then the rest of it is all relative, I guess. (laughs) I'm lucky if I get something put out. No, it totally makes sense. I and yeah, and that's the interesting thing, right? Is everyone sort of has their own season yeah. uh, that you yeah. can kind of look back at. And like, I've worked so many, you know, different jobs and careers, like teaching and stuff, where summers were like my off season from work, mm-hmm. and so I get like very energized during the summer because I'm mm-hmm. used to that being quote my time. But then I'm a I'm a Libra Sun, so I get really excited around my birthday. So like this time yes. of year, I'm now, you know, super Libra. and. And I know you have a birthday coming up as well on this next full yes. moon, actually. I'm so excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's like a full moon on Halloween every like two to three times a century. I looked it up because I just had to know. <laughs> oh, exciting. And so I know I'm so excited. I hope I feel good. I, I have a feeling you will. You'll have an excellent I hope birthday. So. I hope so. So could you maybe just walk us through? Because I'm I'm hoping that people will go away from this interview feeling excited and wanting to 
play with making some of their own flower essences. Definitely, me too. Yeah, and I love that it's a very low bar to entry. There's no like special equipment you need or anything like that. So yeah, can you kind of walk us through like what do people need and maybe talk us through how to make a flower essence? Yes. Okay, so you need a sunny day. Mm-hmm. And um, I recommend that you get permission from the plant that you want to work with. Like if you are actually taking flowers from that plant, I would ask it if it was okay. And I always like, can be like, this is what I'm doing. I hope you're okay with it. Also, if it's a um, plant that doesn't have a, if it's like sickly, I would recommend not, not taking anything off of it and letting it get well, you know, that it's mm-hmm. flourishing, a flourishing plant. And then um, you need a clear glass crystal bowl and then some water um it's recommended that you use spring or distilled water and brandy to preserve it with and that's all you really need and then a bottle or a jar to keep the mother in right yeah so so easy so yeah so can you maybe pick like a plant that maybe you've made an essence with recently and kind of just walk us through the process of sure 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 getting everything into the Uh, bowl okay so um Let's talk black-eyed Susans because they just finished at my house. So they were in abundance, so I didn't feel guilty. I feel real guilty about taking stuff. Or, you know what, that's a really good idea is to leave an offering. Um, I learned this from one of my plant teachers. So I have a jar of, like, lavender buds, and I try to keep some in my pocket. And so if I'm taking anything, I try to leave a little bit and say thank you. Yes, so I got one of my Pyrex glass bowls, and I filled it with some filtered water. You know what else works is rainwater too. So I put, I clipped a few um, dandelion, I mean, what am I talking about? Uh, Black Eyed Susan flowers, like two or three, and put them in the bowl and set it next to where they were growing in the sunshine. And I would leave it in the sunshine two to four hours. In Mississippi, it's really hot. So a lot of the water um, in the summertime is going to evaporate. And so it, I use, I have a lot of reusable jars that I've, you know, cleaned from um, pickles or whatever. And so I pour the water into that after, uh, um, well, I'll take the flowers out. And I like to put my flowers in um, just like a collection bowl. And then at some point I'll burn them in a ceremony or something. You know, that's my plan anyway. Probably on Halloween, I've been collecting all my um, flower essence flowers all, all summer. So after you bring it back in, you put the water in a jar. And then I usually like half it with brandy or at least you know a quarter of it with brandy so that it doesn't go bad mm-hmm. and then that's your mom and you be sure and um put a um label on it so you know oh yes you know every that. herbalist knows <laughs> yeah knows that, learn that you learn that experience. fast oh my god I can't tell you how many times I've done that I won't I won't tell you <laughs> like I'll sit it out and be like I won't forget what I did with this and then no, nope. terrible. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, please <sighs> just awful. take our word for it. Please label your jars. You <laughs> will find it in the back of the cabinet two years from now and have no idea what it was. Yeah, I feel so guilty <laughs> when that happens. Uh, but yeah, and that's that. And then um, do you want me to tell what you do with a mother, like as far as putting it in a bottle for use? Sure. Yeah, that'd be wonderful, please. So I use... um half an ounce dropper bottles and I put mostly water and then a little bit of brandy on top and then I usually do like three or four squirts of the mother into the um into the dropper bottle and then shake it up and label it 
use as needed. That's wonderful. And yeah, I love it's so simple to do. No special equipment, no special tricks. Mm -mm. And it doesn't take a lot of plants, you know, plant material to to work with an essence. So yeah, just some good time and intention and lots of intention. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So I know you mentioned, you know, you talked about this essence you made with black eyed Susans. Are there any other plant allies that you're feeling really called to work with right now during this season? Yes, um, two, and they kind of go together. I'm working with a marshmallow essence. I made it like last summer, but I, you know how sometimes you'll make stuff. I don't know if you do this, but I'll put it up and be like, I'll get to that. (laughs) Well, it it showed itself to me. And, um, And so I was looking it up in one of my books, like, oh, what can I use this for? What's it trying to tell me? It's it's so appropriate because it was for if you're isolated and feeling cut off and um, it's good for openness. Yeah, it kind of made me cry. (laughs) And then I recently had um, a reading and um, the plant that came through in the reading was nettle, which I've been working with all summer, like mostly in teas myself and but in the reading it was like oh this will be good for emotional and spiritual nourishment and so then like I I like to deep dive like oh this plant showed up sometimes I can't just take it for what it is I have to like well tell me more tell me more (laughs) and so I looked in um Maya Toll's herbiary book is that how you say it herbiary something Uh like that so it was saying how um nettle is um to get you to pay attention and to know the details on I was thinking about how it's important to know. Well, I think she even said how it's important to know the names of plants because, you know, nettle, you would think it was just wretched because it stings you and stuff, unless you really know like the name of it and the power of it um, nutritionally and obviously in other ways. So, and then she also talks about how to be, to pay attention to those who are invisible to you. And um, I have a really good as a Scorpio to write people off and isolation has worked really well for me. So I feel like I'm called to give people a chance again, if I, if I'm ever able to venture back out. Into- <laughs> right. I'm sure we're all feeling kind of isolated this year, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. But I just thought they were interesting that they both talked about people and yeah, well, that's how I took it. That's what I was getting out of it the message. No, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. It's always so funny when you start to see the connection start to form or like, it's, it's never just like one plant that pops up. Like it always brings some friends and they're always kind of having that same message for you. It's always so great. I feel like it's because it takes me a while to get the message. And so they just keep (laughs) saying, I told you this, I told you this. Right. In case we don't get it the first time, they're willing to yes. send it more than once, which yeah, is I never, fortunate for I never us. get it. Yeah, never get it the first time. <laughs> this year is kind of wrapping up. You know, it's been so amazing to watch your practice grow uh, for herbalism and working with the plants. And so just wondering if, you know, just if you could speak to maybe if there's anything you're excited about right now for future future possibilities, or if you have a, a hope for maybe what your practice looks like either a year down the road, five years down the road, just anything you feel called to speak to. Well, I'm taking a Reiki training for the first time starts tomorrow. And I'm really excited about that. I don't even really know what Reiki is, but the teacher that I love is teaching it and it was very affordable and it's online. So, um, and I need something to do with my time. 
And so I'm, I'm very excited about that. So I'm hopeful about that. One thing I will say that has been really nice about the pandemic for us is that I had to pull my kids out of school here, there for multiple reasons, but um, my daughter is a tween and really likes to be talking to her friends. So now that she's home schooled, we um, have to spend more time together and she's shown an interest in the wheel of the year. And so we have had a lot of opportunities to do things together. Like we made a, uh, an incense together on the equinox. And I think we're going to make witch ladders this week, which is like home squad. It's fine. I'm super excited about that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, but as far as my practice girl, I don't plan things. So I'm just hoping that I'm able that listening becomes easier in the next year, you know, like that relationship with listening what, to what the earth is trying to tell me and how I can help it and it or them and then me and then um long term I would love to see people again and I would love to work with people and I would love to hold some sort of like workshop at my house I've always wanted to do that and I think I was like on the track to it and then the pandemic happened well it's beautiful and I'm sure you'll get to do those things that's so lovely <laughs> that you're getting to spend more time intentional yeah. time with your daughter that way that's really beautiful so and yeah, so it's nice. Last question as we wrap up, any advice for, you know, new herbalists out there, either in general or specifically about flower essences that you'd like to share? Yes, in general and about flower essences, I would say experiment and listen to your gut, take a class, read a book, but mostly just try new things. I mean, once I realized I didn't have to like follow recipes specifically for everything and just you know, try new things. You never know what will work and what won't work. And you're going to make mistakes. Obviously that's with everything. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm like, that's the most valuable lesson. I feel like one of the most valuable lessons I've learned is to try to experiment. Think about like, you know, what two plants would go together. Cause you know, like in the beginning you're learning like what this works for and this works for, but I think formulas and putting things together is really fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. And also Nan has been kind enough to put together a little uh, one page PDF for us for instructions for making flower essences. And so we'll have that to share and offer for y'all um, because yeah, we really hope that everyone will maybe start making some essences of their own to work with for the rest of this year. But Nan, thank you so much for joining us here today. It has been so wonderful to talk to you and we just really appreciate your time and sharing all this knowledge. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you very much. Isn't Nan awesome? I know she and I both hope that you will be inspired to try out making some flower essences of your own after this interview. If you're still feeling a little unsure about the process, make sure to download the helpful direction sheet that Nan put together for our listeners. There will be a link to that in the show notes for everyone. And check out Nan's work as well. She is on both Instagram and Etsy as Dandelion and Crow. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with a friend to help us reach a wider audience. And if you are able to, please consider supporting me over on Patreon so that I can keep creating content here. I really appreciate all of you so much who have signed up over there already. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
If you have any comments or questions, you can reach me over on Instagram at foxandelder or through the website at foxandelder.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.